Hello, I'm Anthony William. Thank you for joining the webinar and being here. This is such a, an amazing time, and I'm deeply honored you're here. Hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about a lot of different things all around that. You should have your book by now. If you pre-ordered it, you should have it by now. This is an unbelievable time. I am so excited. I am so excited. If you uh, read it more than once, read it more than once um, because there's there's a lot of hidden little jewels and gems in there, and little diamonds that are in there. And sometimes, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, you, hey, you might get distracted with your phone or something else while you're in the middle of the book and skip over a, a part that's so critical or important and not realize it. It, it, it's so easy to happen that way because we live in a world of distractions. So reading it again, you might all of a sudden hit that spot and be like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Or a couple of different spots. So I don't want you to lose anything that's in there. Um, so uh, hopefully some of you have re started reading it already. And maybe you guys haven't, but <laughs> I'm excited to come. I can't wait for you to dive into it. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff here. Like I said before, I'm honored that you're with me on this webinar right here. Um, it's an important webinar. It's an important time. And, you know, knowing the truth about something um, is that powerful, is truly that powerful. And it means, it means a lot of freedom. It means a lot of freedom. You know, not every truth has freedom attached to it. You know, you've heard the saying, oh, there's so, okay, whose truth? This truth, that truth, what is a truth? Is it not? Everybody claims the truth. And, um, but what happens is, is that the reason why truth is so confusing in so many different ways is because truth is backed by things that makes it kind of a, a false truth. So truth gets backed by things. It gets backed by medical funding you know, with lots of strings attached. It gets backed by internal kickbacks and persuaded belief systems and private panels of influencers and health field payoffs. It gets backed by trendy traps and different interest groups. It gets backed by things. And that's why it could be truthful. Some of it out there in the world of internet information about thyroid or books or experts working on it, but there could be pieces in there missing there could be pieces that are skewed like the thumb on the scale because it has stuff attached to it. The information in here doesn't have any contamination attached to it. So the information you have in front of you is clean. It's clean. It's not attached to something that's conditional, something that's conditional that might have altered it or made it just right so it fits into the world today. That's not how it should be. You need to know the truth about your health. You need to know the truth about your thyroid. You need to learn these things. It's so important to learn these things. It is so important to know what the truth really is with healing and your thyroid in general with anything. And so the information here comes from a pure place, untampered with place, advanced, clean source, a higher source. And that's what the information is in here. And that's what it is. You know, painstakingly, I took the information down from my source, um, day in, day out, day in and day out and made sure it was in there. 
just the way my source wanted it to be. And, um, and so this doesn't have the thumb scale on it. This doesn't have the dollars behind it. This doesn't have things that make, make it and shape it into something that fits just right so that all the interest groups out there in the medical fields, both conventional and alternative, are happy. No, that's not what this is about. This is about making you happy. This is about meaning making you better, not just not about making you happy, making you better, make, giving you that freedom and a false happiness. This is the freedom that we need. And, um, and to, in, in, to be a part of it together blows me away. To be a part of it together blows me away. Seriously. It really does. So we're talking about Hashimoto's today. We're talking about Hashimoto's. We're talking about hyperthyroidism. We're talking about hypothyroidism. We're just talking about, we're going to just bop around and talk about a lot of different things. There's cool stuff going on with all of it. Um, I'm going to start a little bit with, I think I'll start a little bit with history, a little bit with history, just about Hashimoto's in general. You know, when you get diagnosed with Hashimoto's, you should think, okay, well, I have something here, meaning, meaning science and research is there. They're there. They know. They get it. Hashimoto, science and research. There's nothing scientific or research about Hashimoto's yet. Yet. I'm just going to tell you right now, that's what one of the saddest parts of it all is. First of all, it was discovered back in the early 1900s. How? By a physician putting his hand on a patient's throat and feeling that there might have been some inflammation. And that's with thyroiditis. Was, that was the birth of thyroiditis. Hashimoto's thyroiditis. There it is. That was the birth of it. That was the birth of it. And the only thing that's come out of it since then, the only thing that's come out of it since then, which is a theory, a theory, okay, is the discovery of an antibody, discovery of an autoantibody, that discovery. Okay, but, but not knowing what autoantibodies do. You guys not knowing what they do and not having any clue, any idea. Just theoretically believing that an autoantibody is creating inflammation and attacking your thyroid. That was just a theory. That was a theory because it was the safest one to go to, which backed science and research. The reason why it backed science and research it backed science and research because it put the blame on you, your body. That was the safe fault for science and research. It's the perfect safe fault because science and research never wants to admit they're behind the times or they're in a non-discovery zone. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. They hate feeling or knowing that the billions of dollars and the trillions of dollars that have gone into science and research about anything, they hate knowing it hasn't amounted to anything. They hate that. And so they have to take theories and they have to make them law, law, law of the land, which only hurts you law of the land that only hurts you. And that becomes false truth. That becomes false truth. That's what that becomes. And then it becomes law of the land, a fake truth, a false truth becomes law of the land. So Hashimoto's, this, so the only other thing that came out of Hashimoto's in science is there was this discovery of, of, of a random autoantibody with no identification of what it does or where it even goes. 
where it even goes, what it does. Nothing. Nothing. Just a theory attached to it. It must be why you get thyroiditis. And that's how bad things are. That's how sad things are. And that's where we are with the most advanced in, 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 in thyroid. And somebody, one of you might be out there saying, well, no, not true. There's all these triggers and all this other stuff. We're going to talk about triggers. We're going to talk about triggers. But, but, and you'll see there's a list of triggers actually that I put in there. You'll see it, the list of triggers. But they're just triggers. They're not the cause. They're just triggers. They're just triggers. Just like anything. Just like any kind of trigger. Just a trigger. <laughs> so so the theory was the only thing that came next after all that a hundred and something years. Here we are. What year is it now? And look, two things came out of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Two things. A guy feeling somebody's thyroid, which named it Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and a guy 50 years later, a guy 50 years later, a doctor 50 years later, finding an autoantibody, but not having a clue to what it does. So it was a made-up theory compounded that was basically, well, this is probably what it's doing. Let's do this. It's the safest way out. Let's create the autoimmune fallacy, the autoimmune theory, the autoimmune theory of your body destroying itself. Because you know why? It, it sets – it protects science and research to the cows come home, to the cows come home. It protects and protects and protects and protects like you don't even know because it's your fault. That's your body being faulty. And since they still don't have answers to what causes anything, it becomes your genes now. And you'll see a little gene section in this book. Read that. Read that baby like three, four times, that gene section. You have to de-brainwash yourself. It's so critical. It's so critical to healing. It's so critical to the conditioning that occurs. So this is an important step. This is an important step right here where we are in history right now. This information is an important step in history right now. This just isn't just a book. You know, this isn't a book to do anything like further my career or anything like that. It's not, that's not what it is. You know, it's a funny thing. Someone even said to me, ah, oh, you authors, this isn't a memoir. This isn't, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I would love to do something silly like uh, a whole book on, on the medical medium starting from when I was birthed to, to now and in a whole, you know, level of the painstaking crap I've gone through my whole, whole entire life hearing spirit. It'd be a fun book, meaning to read. It would just, you know, further my career on that way. And that's not what these books are about. I put a little touch the origins of, of, of me in the first book. But what it's about is getting you the truth and the information. That's all I care about. I, I, I'm not going to be able to cover the whole book in this webinar. But we're going to cover what we can. But I, had, I have to give you the basis of the understanding of the two 
the two discoveries is all we have for thyroid, meaning the two discoveries that science and research have that everybody's holding onto literally like it's like it's everything. A mystery autoantibody that no one knows what's going on or what it's doing, putting the blame on you that your body's attacking itself and destroying itself and destroying the thyroid. And at the same time, the discovery of Hashimoto's to begin with, some guy, some guy felt a swollen thyroid back in the early 1900s. And let me tell you something. I do respect and appreciate both of those very things. As much as I sound like I'm talking down about it, I'm talking down about the fact that it becomes law and nobody just even has a clue or debates it or understands any of it. Nobody in the professional world of medicine or anything. It just move, just keep on moving forward. And then you don't get the answers you need. You don't get the truth. You don't, you don't get any of that. We're going to talk about Epstein-Barr a little bit. Epstein-Barr gets into the thyroid, and that's what causes Hashimoto's. We're going to go into it a little deeper today. But you'll see the new experts that recently took information from book one, the origins, you know, book one, medical medium. They took information because Spirit and I published how it works with Epstein-Barr and the thyroid and everything like that. And they took it and they sprinkled it on their websites and they sprinkle it in and out of their, their other kind of books now and thyroid books. They sprinkle it in and out because they don't want to be left out. But they call it a trigger because they just don't trust in the fact of what's going on because they're so married to the laws, the two laws. A guy in 1950, in the 1950s, that found an autoantibody but doesn't know what's going on. So the theory became... It's your body attacking itself. And then, of course, the guy Hashimoto who felt the thyroid and felt it was swollen. They don't want to leave these laws. But that doesn't really protect you. Sure, you could clean up the diet, maybe get your numbers a little better on the thyroid. But that's not the answer either entirely. This is serious stuff we're talking about. This is serious stuff. This is no joke. This is no joke. So, <laughs> um, by the way, you know, have your tea, have your herbal tea, whatever you need. I got mine right here because we're going to go deeper into this and we got, we got a lot of time. We're going to be doing this. So I'm going to be sipping some tea along the way being this is live. It's, uh, you know, might get a little dry throat from talking so much. But thank you for just listening and holding on tight. Fasten the seatbelts is what I'm saying. If you've already done that, because already you should have the seatbelt fastened for just what we're talking about, just what we've been talking about. We should already have them fastened. All right, so talk a little bit about the history of Hashimoto's, the swollen thyroid. Now, originally in the 17, 1800s, late 1700s, early 1800s, originally right around that time, there was, there was a goiter developing. This was from iodine deficiencies in certain areas of the world. Goiters. And that was from a real, true, 100%, you know, iodine deficiency. That was different than the thyroiditis. What was different than the thyroiditis that was creeping up come around the turn of the century? Right around the late 1800s, all these food experiments were happening that not even people know when they know about the Green Revolution and they know about all that kind of stuff that was 
going on in the 1950s and how food was being, you know, um, mono grown and sprays were being, you know, uh, the, the whole thing with pesticides and everything. There were a lot of different experiments pre 1900, all in the late, you know, in the 1860s, 1870s, 1880s. Tremendous experience, experiments. I mean, lots of them, tremendous amounts of them, I mean, due to food. They were dropping off canisters at every farm, whether it's small mom and pop to a little bit bigger to everybody's backyard, to farmer's markets, dropping off cans of contaminated materials to place and put on everybody's food that was growing in that time, 1860, 1870. This is completely hidden hidden in the in the world because pe- people can't handle this they just don't want to they didn't want to know then they don't want to know now these were experimental insecticides the earliest these were experimental antibiotics before the birth of antibiotics before the birth of penicillin in the 1900s and it was experimented on our food really broke our immune systems down like never before in history it also fed a harmless bug, a friendly little bug that was never against us ever, which was Epstein-Barr. Epstein-Barr. It was a virus that actually only worked in our favor. It destroyed enemies, and it helped us. It was a friend, not a foe. It was a friend, a friend, friend to our immune system. It protected us from disease. It was a bug, actually. It had not a mean streak in it on any level. But it was tampered with and it was fed poison and it was beaten down. And by 1900, it was getting into some thyroids. It was creating the first thyroiditis. The first thyroiditis that wasn't just an iodine deficiency. It wasn't just a goiter. And it got into the thyroid. Isn't this fun? Isn't this fun? No, <laughs> I still have. I'm having too much fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. I just I waited for this this book to come out. I just waited. We waited. We waited. <laughs> okay, all right. So the virus became a little bit more meaner. Developed a little bit more of a meaner streak. It wasn't in everybody. It wasn't spread. It wasn't spread to everybody. It wasn't getting too far. There weren't a lot of cases of this thyroiditis. It was rare. But as time went on in the 1900s, the virus changed and it mutated and a few more strains developed. And by 1940, women discovered they had symptoms for the first time in women's history of the symptoms they had, which seemed like it would seem very odd and strange. Medical community was completely baffled 100%, had no idea what the hell was going on. There were neurological symptoms. There were the hot flashes. Hot flashes in the first time, first time ever. Real recorded, documented hot flashes. Up and down temperature fluctuations, fevers, aches and pains, fatigue, hair falling out. Hair falling out. Hair didn't fall out before then. Hair didn't fall out before then. There were, you know, hair loss, the brittle nails, all the different symptoms. And medical science was completely baffled 
And what was happening was the Epstein-Barr virus was growing into something different, growing into something different. And more cases of thyroiditis were developing. More thyroid problems for women, more cases of thyroiditis was, were, uh, was developing. And medical research, medical science didn't know what to do. Besides, they were already in the process in the late 40s and mid, mid to late 40s. They were already in the process of developing and working on hormones. They're working on hormones. They were in the process. This was the perfect, perfect match ever before in history. The perfect match by 1950s, so many women were literally lining the doctor's offices. The ones that were wealthy, they were told they had a they 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 had a problem. The ones that weren't wealthy were told they were insane. That's how medicine worked back then. By the way, that's how conventional medicine worked. This is an alternative medicine. Alternative medicine was a beautiful thing back then, no doubt. Conventional medicine was an absolutely hot mess, a complete disaster at this point. So when very wealthy, rich women came into the doctor's office, the doctors were like, well, you know, you, you do have something going on. And now since Big Pharma gave us all these hormones here, let's, let's make sure we apply these because we think you have just hormone problems. And they were really steroidal, these hormones that they were giving these women, which led to some suppression of some of the symptoms, but not a lot of suppression at all. In fact, even worse symptoms in many to most women at that point. But it was completely birthed the hormone movement at that point of it's your hormones, it's your hormones. Women that were poor that went to the doctor that got to the doctor and they were on the lower class scale at that time frame in history. They were told they were nuts. Just hysterical, crazy, lying, bored. So, and, um, and maybe hormonal too depending on who the doctor was. So this is what was going on in this time frame. Medicine was, was disgusting. <laughs> and, you know, and so, but what was really happening was Epstein-Barr. All the women that were born in 1900, 1905, 1904, 1894, 1898, 1897, 1910. By the 40s and 50s, 1940s and 1950s, they were 40 years old, 45 years old, 50 years old. So it seemed like it matched the change of, the, of, of menopause. So that's why the hormonal thing just really kicked in as being the, 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 the tell-all for what these symptoms were. But before that, women in their 40s didn't experience that. Women in their 50s didn't experience that. Before that, this is a first-time thing in history. The change was never a painful, toxic kind of thing, meaning both emotionally, mentally, historically. But it was the Epstein-Barr creating a whole new barrage of symptoms. And thyroid problems were more common, too, more common, which leads to where we are today, where the experts today are like, well, the thyroid's causing most of all this now. Yes, and you're going through a change. And the thyroid's causing most of these problems now because it's all kind of seeming like the same time frame, but not really because women now in their 20s have thyroid problems, 30s have – in their 20s and early 30s, teens have thyroid problems. So that's also kind of a baffling aspect of it all. But they're just – it's all just thrown into, hey, it's autoimmune and the body's attacking these young women early on the basis of that false theory to begin with. 
So right now, today, we're in a place where Hashimoto's, we think we have the answers when we don't. We do now. What's in your hand, it's there. But we're still in antiquity land. Until we drop A, the body's attacking itself and going after the thyroid, and these autoantibodies are there to destroy the thyroid. And if we can get out of that land, then we're out of antiquity land. But we're not going to get out of there. Because that married law is still in, is still going to impregnate and still going to saturate every single expert from here on out that's coming out, except you as an expert. You, it won't. You're getting the truth. You know, when it says the truth in the subtitle of the book, when it's anything medical medium, then it's the darn truth. You need to know the difference between that and the truth you see in a lot of other self-help books. You need to know the difference. This is the difference. You're hearing it now. You're going to read it. It's important to understand. This isn't me boasting. This is about taking health seriously and really getting better. This is about really making a difference with the people around you, you yourself. If it's just you yourself, then that's, that's, that's all I need. If it's people around you, great. That's wonderful. It's people around them, wonderful. If it's getting the message out, wonderful, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Hashimoto's is a stage of Epstein-Barr after Epstein-Barr leaves the liver. Epstein-Barr leaves the liver and it heads to the thyroid. And Hashimoto's thyroiditis is a stage. Hypothyroidism is a stage. It's just the same thing. It's the virus leaving the liver going into the thyroid. That's the Epstein-Barr. And the Hashimoto's is a little bit more heavy-duty version where it's not just keeping it at a hypothyroid, but it's all the same. A lot of people with hypothyroid end up Hashimoto's later because the, the, thyroid, was in the, the, the thyroid was in the stage of the Epstein-Barr sitting in there working on the thyroid. So over time, it then became seeable as far as antibodies being pre- present in the blood work. But that's also a lot of times you could have autoantibodies and it's not even present in the blood work. So you can even have that with hypothyroid. The doctor won't even know because blood tests aren't, aren't so easy to read, which you'll see there's a guest tests, guest test chapter in this, in this book, thyroid guest tests, talking about how, why, and what, why it's so difficult and why a lot of doctors now and practitioners are guessing and just saying, well, you need to go on thyroid medication. You need to be on thyroid medication even though your numbers look good or they look borderline. You'll see why when you read that chapter. And so what is going on with the autoantibody? Well, as you'll also read, the autoantibody is designed by your immune system to go after only one thing, a virus it has tagged, a virus it has tagged, a virus it has found. It's not going after thyroid tissue. The virus goes after thyroid tissue. The virus inflames. The virus itself inflames. And this is not known till this day. It is not known yet in any in any place. In any place where we got the research of science and we got the experts. It's just not known yet. Will they ever learn down the road? It depends because breaking the autoimmune theory means admitting you don't, science research doesn't know what's wrong with their patients yet. 
It admits that and that it's not the patient's fault and it's not your body attacking itself. And that's not going to be something easily admittable ever by the medical research department or in even experts that put out books because it, 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 it outdates their book instantly in the thyroid market. Think about it. That's serious. You put out a book, you got something you believe in, but you can't drop a theory to get people better to move forward because it, it, it cancels out what you did in your work. So how is it ever going to change? Think about that, right? Well, I mean, that's difficult. And I don't blame a practitioner or a healer or a doctor that's written a book that has outdated thyroid information. I don't blame them at all. It's like, it's like your work is all there. And then you're like, holy crap, I, I can't let those theories down because it means it, 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 it outdates my book, the work I put into. And that's why it's that hard to get people better. That alone is that, well, that's, that's, that's why it's that hard to get people better. So the autoantibody, the autoantibody goes after the virus itself and only the virus. The body's brilliant. Your body's brilliant. Your body is such a healing machine. Oh my God. Lord, it's a healing machine. Like no other. Your immune system is like no other. It sends out soldiers. It creates soldiers called autoantibodies. Not auto as in destructing you and hurting you or whatever. No, 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 no. Is going specifically after the virus. And even if research and science discovered this, they probably wouldn't put it out there. Because it means they have to open up such a huge can of worms about Epstein-Barr. And they have to give Anthony Epstein and Dr. Barr credit. And then they have to find billions of dollars and do research on Epstein-Barr. They so don't want to go there because it takes billions away from investing into genes and genetics, which puts the blame on you once again. So how are we ever going to get that truth out there? Well, we're going to get it out there. You guys, us, we're going to get it out there. It takes a little time. Going to have patience. But that autoantibody goes exactly after the virus and only after the virus. It's there to break down that virus, go after it. And even when it's not detectable on on a blood test or through blood uh, blood profile, even if it's not even f- you can find it, even if you can't even find it, your body's still going after that virus. Even when you're in just hypo instead of just hashis. It's going after the virus. It's designed to go after the virus. It's actually programmed to go after the virus. It's, it's tagged to go after the virus. It's looking to only tag the virus itself. The virus is what causes the inflammation inside the thyroid. The virus is what causes scar tissue. The virus is what causes uh, thyroid nodules. The virus is what's, what causes any kind of cyst or any kind of tumor inside a thyroid. All from the Epstein-Barr. There's different varieties. You'll read about those too. And is this information helpful? It's beyond helpful. Because when you know your body is doing the right thing and you know it's going after something the right way, you can heal fast and faster. 
Knowledge is power when it comes down to this. It comes down to this. Knowledge is incredibly powerful. I can't even say it enough. Incredibly powerful. I can't even say it enough. So let's talk about symptoms a little bit. Hypothyroid symptoms. What you're experiencing when you're experiencing Hashimoto's or hypothyroid, those symptoms aren't the thyroid causing it, and you're going to learn that. There's very few symptoms the thyroid actually causes from bonking out on us, from getting affected by Epstein-Barr in any way. Very few symptoms. Some temperature fluctuations is pretty much it. I think maybe a couple more I put in there. But that's it. Well... There's a lot of people. I, I know somebody's mind is blown. There's a lot of people, and I'm going to explain this. That's why. There's a lot of people. They get their hormones balanced just right for the thyroid. They get rid of even, I mean, their autoantibodies don't even show, but they're still dealing with lots of symptoms they always have. They're still dealing with the fatigue, or they're still dealing with something else, or they're still dealing with some different symptom. They're still dealing with weight gain, whatever it is. Because it's not coming from the thyroid. Then I explain in the symptoms and conditions list, you'll see where a lot of these symptoms are coming from. I can't believe I can even say that. That means you got the book. <laughs> and that, that's, that's amazing. So understand that Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, the symptoms are not thyroid-related, but they're liver-related, other things-related. They're viral-related. They're about being viral. I've had people without a thyroid have all the same symptoms. Nothing went away. Nothing changed. Or they had their thyroid killed off. All the same symptoms. They had their the hormones up to par. The hormones were up to level. All the same symptoms. Same thing with somebody with hypothyroid, all the same symptoms. Sometimes a thyroid medication can suppress, and I talk about that in here, and it's a steroid, so it can suppress some symptoms. And they put a lot of, of thyroid medication in you. The reason why is because they want to keep those numbers up because the liver keeps on sucking up that medication, sucking up that medication, sucking up that medication, and keeps on absorbing it. Finally, the liver maxes out. And it's like, I can't absorb anymore. And then finally you get balanced, meaning they're like, okay, you don't have to really change your, your, your thyroid medication amount because it seems to be level in the bloodstream. That's because the liver had to fill up. And with all that steroid compound floating around, it can sometimes suppress symptoms, viral symptoms. And sometimes it doesn't. You'll read about a little bit of that too. So what happens is, just like it happened starting in the 1940s and 1950s, all these symptoms occurred. And the blame was on hormones only, like the change, the menopause. Men that had these symptoms, they didn't complain. It was a stoic time back then, and men weren't allowed to complain. They were scared to death to tell their doctor they had a symptom. They were also scared to death of telling their workplace because they would be fired, let go, seen as unusable or not usable or not or useless. Symptoms were not a good thing. If a man had hot flashes, it was totally just canceled out as 
work sweat and just shaken off. And then a man had to be stoic back then in the greatest sense and couldn't have a complaint. We're allowed to complain now. You know, men are allowed to complain all day long. They're allowed to feel their emotions and contemplate and wonder who they are and whatever. They're allowed to do that. They weren't allowed to do that then. It was seemed, it was, it was odd. It was odd. He had to roam with the pack, survive in the world. No time for complaining about any kind of symptom. Thank God women were bold, strong, and said, I don't care what it takes. I need to get my message out. I don't care who, what, where, knows it, doesn't know it. I need to go to the doctor. I need to let the doctor know there's something going on here. And thank God for that because it has helped. It has helped. But the the hormone time period was birthed at that point. And then eventually it just fell into thyroid later on after that. And then, of course, now it's just thyroid and the hormone period. It's just thyroid and the hormone period time now where we're just, it's it's perimenopause and thyroid. But what is not understood with all the perimenopause symptoms and menopause symptoms and postmenopause symptoms is those are all Epstein-Barr symptoms. Those are all viral symptoms. And yes, there's a thyroid problem that has occurred because that's a stage of when the virus gets from the liver to the thyroid. The thyroid is just another victim in uh, the batch of symptoms that's occurring. The thyroid is just another symptom. That is the big, big, big thing right there. That's it. That's the big boy right there. And that, that's ignored. Meaning that research and science don't want you knowing that, even if they knew. They don't. It's just one other thing. It's just one other thing happening. It's one other symptom. It's one other part of of all of that. But it's not the cause. It's not the cause of the aches and pains, of fatigue, the brain fog, the confusion, the lightheadedness, the vertigo, the tinnitus, the uh, hot flashes, the mood swings, the brittle nails, the hair falling out. It's not a part of that. It's not. And that's a big thing. That's a big thing. That's why I'm even pausing because it's just... it, it's it's unbelievable what's going on in, in, in the medical world right now and what's happening and how it's, th- things are seen and understood. We're still behind. Chronic illness is still behind. Look, I totally love research and science. Love it, love it, love it. it just, it's just not there with thyroid disease and thyroid illness and everything about the thyroid. It's not there yet. Hyperthyroid. Hyperthyroid is the Epstein bar going into the thyroid and accelerating tissue growth because it's attacking the thyroid so feverishly that the thyroid protects itself and develops a little bit more tissue. This is a protection method mechanism for you. The bulging eyes for Graves and hyperthyroid. That comes from fluid buildup from having the virus, fluid buildup specifically behind the eyes. 
It's not the thyroid necessarily causing bulging eyes. The thyroid problem itself is not causing the bulging eyes. This is fluid buildup behind the eyes. This is something research science doesn't know either yet, understands that symptom yet entirely. Somebody could still gain weight with hyperthyroid because they'll also have another variety of Epstein-Barr, which is the one that slows down the thyroid. Meaning that's the one that sits in the liver, allowing the liver to get super, super sluggish, causing the weight gain. So what happens is if the liver has a lot of viral material in it, so it has two varieties of viruses or even three, some people have even more. They have different kinds of viruses. But if they have two varieties of the Epstein-Barr, the liver really gets sluggish and slows down. So even if someone has the hyperthyroid virus and it's in the thyroid creating a little accelerating the tissue growth a little bit, which is more hormone production. They also can have the other Epstein-Barr inside the liver that's also inside the thyroid, but it's inside the liver really, really, really slowing the liver down, which then affects the thyroid. But it's the liver being the problem. It's the liver being the symptom. That's the problem. The liver is where that's at. It's not the thyroid in the end, but it's the liver that's actually causing that. And that's a whole other thing. The liver's causing literally dozens and dozens of symptoms because Epstein-Barr sitting inside the liver causing symptoms and causing problems for the thyroid and for other things in the body. Because the thyroid, like I said, is just this other victim. It's just this other thing that's happening. It's another part of what's being problematic. And when somebody gets their thyroid killed off, there's still thyroid tissue working and there's still thyroid working. And when someone gets their thyroid removed, you'll, and you'll read about that, how that works. Someone gets their thyroid removed, there's still thyroid tissue always left producing hormone. But what hormone is the most important hormone? You're thinking T4, T3? No, they're the least important hormones. There's two undiscovered hormones that you're going to read about that are really important to thyroid healing. Now, um, so let's go into a couple of other things here. Let's go into a couple other things that we need to go into. We're going to talk about the role of the thyroid a little bit. This is fun. This is fun. We're going to talk about the role of the thyroid. Now, the thyroid, its function is a lot different than we think. We think it's the metabolism function. We think it's just for controlling weight. It's, it's, we think we, we don't science research believes that the thyroid does a whole bunch of the T4, T3 means everything, meaning it basically sustains our life. And it's these, the ultimate metabolism hormones too, keeping weight off and everything like that. And by the way, that's just not true. These are so many women that have either normal numbers or they have, or they have um, hormone replacement, they have the thyroid medications, and they're still gaining weight like crazy because, like I said before, it's the liver and it's the virus inside the liver that does that. Just like when someone has two viruses, like I said, with hyperthyroid. That's why hyperthyroid people, they, they tend to gain weight too. And just so you know, people with hyperthyroid 
there's more people with hyperthyroid gaining weight, meaning overweight hyperthyroids, than there are people underweight hyperthyroid. Very important to know. Very important to know. That's a critical, critical point to know, by the way. But boy, they'll make it out like different. They'll completely make it out different to try to prove a point that they have, a theory that they have. So they'll make it seem like, no, no, no. And you're, you're the only one that's gaining weight with hyperthyroid. That's how they'll act and be. It's unbelievable. Research and science will, they'll just, you're the only one. Everybody else, they're all losing weight. They can't keep their weight on with hyperthyroid. And you're the only one gaining weight with hyperthyroid. You're just an anomaly. Oh, okay, just here's your medication. See you off on your way. No, 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 no. There's more people, much more. It's like 70% of people with hyperthyroid are gaining weight and they're overweight and they're dealing with weight issues. 30% are either normal with their weight or losing weight. And that's even, that's even not even right, meaning in the sense that that 30%, um, 30% is complicated. It's complicated. It means people still stay the same weight most of that 30%. And then they gain weight later is what I mean. They gain weight later. So it all depends on where the person is in their time. Someone could have hyperthyroid when they're 30 and have their weight stable or even lose a little. But for some reason, here they are later on gaining weight. And and before any kind of iodine treatment, radioactive iodine or any kind of kill off or anything else like that or any removal of thyroid or anything like that. And then they're gaining weight before any of that even happens. That's another thing. None of this is, they they don't document all this, all the different variables and what happens. So in essence, most hyperthyroid people don't have a weight loss problem. They have a weight gaining problem one time or another eventually. Because the amount of thyroid, having the other thyroid virus I was talking about, the other Epstein-Barr, not the one that accelerates uh, hormones and tissue growth in the thyroid that you'll read about with hyperthyroid, but the other one that slows down the liver, which slows down everything. The other one sitting in the thyroid and that slows down the liver. So, um, so let's go into what the thyroid does. What does it really do? What does the thyroid really do? I mean, that's another thing too. Well, first of all, it's like the second brain. It's your body's data center. It's not the metabolism manager that everybody wants it to be. It catalogs everything. It marks everything. It catalogs everything. Its goal is to create homeostasis throughout the body, but homeostasis throughout the body, balance throughout the body. It's the complaint center. And you'll even read about that. This is really funny. The complaint center. That's where every organ, every gland in the whole body can send out a complaint to the thyroid. But what's it sending out a complaint for? So that T4 and T3 can do anything? No, 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 no. It's not sending out a complaint so that T4 and T3 can save the world within the body. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not doing that. These other two hormones that are undiscovered by research and science, okay? These other two hormones that you're going to read about, they are radiofrequency hormones. 
Because research in science only looks for one kind of hormone, a special chemical that determines if it's a hormone or not, meaning a, a, a different kind. Of, there's different kinds of hormones, some that aren't just the, the blatant steroid variety. What I'm saying is the only hormone, the only hormone variety research in science has documented so they know what they're looking for is a steroidal based hormone that means we have all these different hormones in the body all these different hormones but they all have a steroid touch to it they all have an identification of steroid but there's this whole group of hormones in the body in general in all kinds of places that i'm going to have to get information from spirit along the way my source and get it to you but there's a whole bunch of different kinds of hormones that aren't steroid based so they're not identified in the lab because the lab is only literally programmed with data to find a steroid-based hormone. These hormones are radiofrequency hormones because the body's way more complicated than anybody knows, than research and science has ever discovered. Radiofrequency hormones, they're not a steroid compound attached to it. There's, there's no chemical compounds in the steroid department that are really affiliated or understood with the radiofrequency hormone. And the radiofrequency hormone has chemical compounds, but they're not going to be understood as the regular steroid, the regular steroid that everybody knows about, which is everything, T4, T3, which is progesterone, Indian estrogen, which is testosterone, which is all the different hormones, which is, you know, all of that, the sex hormones, all of that, they are... Steroids, the adrenaline hormone steroids. Steroids. Well, that's what they are. So they're identified like that in the labs. But radiofrequency hormones are not discovered yet. And the thyroid has two of them that play a bigger role in our thyroid health and our body's physical health than, than no one even can imagine yet. And so... These frequencies get delivered to different parts of the body to keep it balanced, delivered to the liver, delivered to the pancreas, delivered to other glands and organs. And that's the powerful, real role of the thyroid. So if the thyroid gets damaged, if the thyroid gets hurt, if the thyroid gets injured by Epstein-Barr, the thyroid's still going to send out those radio frequencies. Because radio frequencies are powerful in the thyroid to the point where you only need a little bit of thyroid tissue left. You're still going to have a lot of radio frequency coming out of those little pockets of tissue, even if your thyroid's scarred and damaged and everything else. And the liver stores a tremendous amount of interesting chemical compounds that help out the thyroid when the thyroid calls out for radio with the radio frequencies. And the, the adrenals overcompensate as well. The adrenal, adrenals could even mimic T4, T3 in its own way, can do all kinds of things for us to give us, to give us backup hormones. The thyroid works with every organ and every gland. This is a big deal. And this right here, we're not there yet as far as research and science. 
T4, T3 play a role in our health, but a small one, T4, T3 really just help the immune system stay balanced, which is important. Don't get me wrong. It is important, but other things keep the immune system balanced too. Other other things in the body keep it balanced. And so T4, T3 help with temperature controls so you don't feel cold in the morning. Or you don't feel kind of like a little bit temperature off. But that's pretty much it. Your thyroid sends a 911 call out to the liver for backup for storage of T4 and T3. If your thyroid needs it, it sends a 911 call through a radio frequency hormone, the undiscovered radio frequency hormones to the liver to get the liver to convert some T4 to T3 and also to get some T3 to begin with and T4 going out of the liver if needed. That's the power of the thyroid. That's one of its roles. Then it can do that even if it's injured, even if Epstein-Barr has invaded the thyroid. The adrenals can create T4 and T3 and even... A little bit of radio frequency R5 and R6 as backup. So this is important information. Okay, let's take a sip. I'm, I'm I am. I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna take a sip here of some tea. Bear with me. That's a mix of peppermint and lemon balm. It's very good, very good. Okay, so. Um, Let's go into symptoms. Let's talk about symptoms a little bit. Let's do that. that that's kind of fun. Um, weight gain. Liver. The liver causes weight gain. Um, the liver becomes toxic over the years. Um, uh, builds up little fatty deposits, even if it's not diagnosed as a fatty liver yet. And that's the very basis behind weight gain. Mostly the basis basis behind it metabolism metabolism that's really just the liver once again um make sure you read the metabolism chapter whatever you do you can't forget about the metabolism chapter so make sure you you look into that one um hair loss hair loss that's adrenals that's, that's, that's cortisol, that's adrenals, that's adrenals being in its, you can be under stress for three, four years, five years in your life. You could be drinking coffee, being stressed out, um, not taking care of yourself, getting really deficient, but the adrenals play the largest role in hair loss, hair thinning, not the thyroid, the adrenals do. And you can read more about it, you know, more kind of cleaner version in the book. I'm glazing over it right now, meaning that symptoms, hair texture, that's straight deficiencies. That's one of the things, straight deficiencies. Insomnia. Insomnia is a neurotransmitter problem, usually Epstein-Barr. And Epstein-Barr creates deficiencies, just eats away at, at our um, vitamin storage bin, slows down the liver, um, all that stuff. So we, we get less vitamins, less conversion with vitamins, less methylation. That's all. That, that all ha- happens with um, Epstein-Barr inside the liver. Insomnia, neurotransmitters, 
due to neurotoxins. You can read and you can see neurotoxins. I do a really good explanation in there of neurotoxins, dermatoxins, byproduct. So make sure you get into that sometime. Brain fog, concentration, neurotoxins, once again, floating in the bloodstream, coming from the liver, coming from an Epstein-Barr, floating around, um, toxic heavy metals also, either in the brain that are also oxidizing, but feeding viruses, causing neurotoxins to cause more brain fog, more confusion, more concentration. That's not a thyroid problem. That is not a thyroid symptom. So I'm covering some of these symptoms so you know what's not a thyroid symptom too. Chills, that's not a thyroid problem. That's a viral problem. Someone coming down with Hashimoto's with serious, serious fatigue and chills, it's blamed on the Hashimoto's. No, it's not the thyroid causing problems because the virus is in the thyroid. It's the virus in general in the body causing the problems, causing the chills, causing the f- fevers, causing the fatigue, causing the neurological fatigue. That's the Epstein-Barr. That's the chronic fatigue syndrome Epstein-Barr. What science and research is good at, though, is renaming things. They've already named chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, five times. I don't know what it is now. They'll probably name it another five times just to keep us distracted. Um, Cold hands and feet. Cold hands and feet. It's liver circulation because of the liver and a lot of toxins in the liver. Namely, many could be viral. Puffy face, puffy eyes, lymphatic system, and liver once again. Liver being clogged up, and that's edema. That's a mild edema. And then regular edema, if a doctor can't find kidney problems or heart problems, which, which, is, which is easy to find with what we have in research and science, thank God. And that's what I love about research and science is they have so much that is helpful that I do love in so many ways. And surgeons, I love surgeons. I love everybody committed to bettering people's lives. And we have so many great things. And I've talked about that over and over again. You guys don't need to hear that again from me. You know, I'm pro, I'm pro, uh, pro doctor, pro surgeons, pro specialists, pro experts too. You know, even though I, I say what I say about, you know, in the thyroid world and other world, it's just a chronic illness is falling short. So I do, I do say that everybody is kind of behind the times in that area, of course. That 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 I stand by. I mean, chronic illness is where it's all falling through. Um, it has been for decades and decades. So the puffy face, puffy eyes, that's liver, lymphatic, sluggish liver, problematic liver. So these are just some of the symptoms. Um, and you can see other symptoms too that are that are in there that are, you know, of what's going on. That's a that's another thing. Now medication, I want to talk about medication a little bit. A medica- medication is is a funny thing. Um, you know, talk to your doctor with any of that. Um, you know, your practitioner or whatever, if you want to play with your medications. You know, a lot of doctors these days are definitely open to playing with medications. They're open to reducing them in case you're getting a side effect from a medication. They're open to uh, changing them sometimes too. Um, so they're, they're, they're all, they're open to a lot of different things. Some, you know, I've seen a lot of great doctors where they learn about Epstein-Barr, they learn about the thyroid, they see their patient getting better doing anti-Epstein-Barr protocols. I've seen this because they're doing stuff out of say the medical medium book or something. And, um, and the doctor minimizes the medication for them along the way. They feel better. Um, 
And so there's a lot of different things you could do with medication. But one thing about thyroid medication, it does make the liver sluggish. So if someone goes on thyroid medication because they have a hypothyroid, say, in their 30s or in their, they're in their 20s, so if, you, if you've ever experienced that, if you know somebody or, or maybe it's you going through it, what happens is that if you're on that medication for 20 years or just given that medication for life, what happens is the medication ends up slowing down the liver, clogging up, causing weight gain. Sometimes it's not even the Epstein bar. If somebody's life is going good where they're not triggering so easily their Epstein bar, and you know, if there's not a lot of terrible things happening or stressful things or changes in their life, like big breakups and heartbreak and divorces and um, things that we go through in life that everybody goes through in life. You know, all the normal things that cause stress, financial stress, everything else, the triggers, the triggers. Then you'll see the trigger section there. So if you're not <clears throat> going through a lot of triggers, if you're not someone that's going through a lot of triggers, things could all be going smooth. You got this very mild hypothyroid because the mono you had that you may not even know you had really mild. It could be like I talk about a medical medium that could just literally be giving you, you know, the exposure of a very mild Epstein bar in the liver. It's not doing much. Then it goes to the thyroid, causing the hypothyroid in your 20s or 30s. It's not doing much. It just sits in there. It's not doing much. And you don't have a lot of triggers. Things are going smooth. Life is going great. And next thing you know it, though, the medications end up clogging up the liver over time. By the time you're getting to your 40s, you're noticing weight gain you can't control. And then that gets thrown into, hey, you need estrogen, testosterone. You need all, everything rebalanced. You need progesterone. You need, all your, you need all your hormones looked at because then the hormone thing gets thrown into, well, really what's happening is you got this liver problem from old Epstein-Barr sitting in there so long and you got all the medications built up from your thyroid medication. And that happens to millions of women where things are kind of going smooth. They're not getting too many triggers, too many upsets in life. Um, and uh, just maybe some of the basic upsets or basic triggers. And you know the Epstein-Barr hasn't really advanced too far, causing too many symptoms. And then the thyroid medication builds up and builds up and builds up in the liver from 20 years of thyroid medication, which is bottles after bottles of thyroid medication being stored inside the liver. And then finally weight gain comes on. Then it's blamed on hormones. It's blamed on perimenopause. It's blamed on menopause. And if then if they get any kind of triggers at that point in your life, so if you get a trigger in that point in your life, now it's years later, you're in your 40s, you're in your early 50s, and you're getting triggers now, something happens, divorce, stress, or any kind of other, you know, or any kind of thing, trauma or anything, well, then the virus can amp up a bit, causing other symptoms, fatigue, brain fog, other things. And when that happens, then the doctors say, well, it's definitely menopause, perimenopause symptoms. And this was the mistake made in 1950. This was the mistake made in 1950. And I talk about it here in Thyroid Healing. But I thought I would, you know, talk about it a little bit also in this webinar. Um, so, uh, so basically, we don't want to build up that much medication in the liver either over time. So we do want to play with medication if we can. I mean, if you're meaning if your doctor's open to it, you can talk to your doctor and see if he's open to it. And you do the protocols that, um, that Spirit and I have outlined in the book for knocking down Epstein-Barr. And what's happening is with these protocols inside the book, it's about knocking down Epstein-Barr. That's what it is, and that's, that's the key. 
and it's some, some of the supplements too are to revive the thyroid from Epstein-Barr damage because we want to protect the thyroid so it can keep strong and keep our radioactive frequencies and everything else going on. But it's about the foods not to eat. You know, you do the best you can. You take one thing at a time. Try not to get overwhelmed. And you do the best you can. You take out some of the foods that feed the virus that you can back down. And that's what happens with a lot of also, you know, diets out there is they take away some of the foods or a lot of the foods that do feed Epstein-Barr, but they don't know that that's what they're doing. And then they call it the thyroid fix. But really what's happening when they do get results, they don't know why they have the wrong reasons of why they're getting results, which is fine as long as someone's getting results. But you need to know why you're getting results so you can keep on it, stay on it, so it's nothing creeps up and comes back 10 years down the road, five years down the road, or something else happens. You want to really get rid of the Epstein-Barr and clean it up. You really want to revive your thyroid, but you want to know why and how, and that's, that's what we're trying to do in thyroid healing, so that once you take out those foods that feed the virus and, and, and cause the virus to cause more symptoms and whatnot, once you, you know, you're using take out the foods that don't help, and you're using foods that do help revive the thyroid, you're using foods that do help knock down Epstein-Barr, then you're moving forward. But you know why you're moving forward. You know what you're after. You know what you're doing. And you know why you have the autoantibodies. And you know why things are going on. That matters. So you don't pop off course one day on a different trend. Or you're on the same trend, and you're, but now you're not getting results, and you don't know why a year later. That's because it wasn't really specifically for what the real knowledge is, which is about knocking down Epstein-Barr, which is about knocking down the viral load. It's viral. The Epstein-Barr is not a trigger, and that's what happened. That's what happened. If you read a note for you at the beginning of the book, read that note. You don't have to read it now, but you know, or any time, but when you get a chance— Read that note, the, the note for you. I, I wrote that note for you. And in that note, it's important to understand um, some of the things that I, I put in there because it, it, it'll help. It'll help. It's because what happens is that the information, for instance, like book one, getting Epstein-Barr out there about how it got into the thyroid, they got a lot of people upset out there. They got a lot of professionals upset. So what happened was... They started using the Epstein-Barr thing, you know, but they're using it as a, they're putting it in the trigger basket, which is the wrong place. They're putting it in a trigger basket. It's not a trigger. It's not a trigger. It's the cause of Hashimoto's. It's the cause. It's the, T-H-E. It's the cause of Hashimoto's. It's the cause of Hashimoto's symptoms. It's the cause of hypothyroid. It's the cause of hyperthyroid. It's the cause of thyroid cancer. It's the cause so um, it's important to know that and, and being, you know, back, they're just, you know, when they're trying to protect themselves and they're taking our knowledge here and then kind of manipulating it so it works in their favor but doesn't work in your favor entirely, that's just, that's, that's how things get messed up and screwed around with or skewed around with. That's how that, you know, that's how that happens. And, um, and so just keep an open mind when you read a note for you so you can kind of say, that's why he's saying all of this. It's part of why he's saying all this. So that's a really important, important fact. So the deal is with the supplement section. Look, supplements are always overwhelming. Take it one day at a time. The supplements there are geared 
to killing off Epstein-Barr. They're geared to helping the nervous system recover from Epstein-Barr symptoms. They're geared with, they're geared to helping, you know, heal damaged tissue in the thyroid. Take it one day at a time. I mean, you can work with your practitioner and healer and doctor and friend, whoever you have. You know, you can work with them on the supplements. You can take one at a time. If you're afraid of supplements altogether, hold off and just work with the foods. If you're somebody that loves supplements or doesn't mind taking things and knowing what you're taking or whatever, you don't mind what, you know, you love knowing what you're taking, what it's for, then, you know, then go into it the way you feel you need to go into it. So baby step, baby step, baby step, baby step. That's what I would do is baby step. And if you're confused about what kind of vitamins, because different zincs, and it's true. I've seen zincs out there where I've tried, where I've almost, I've spit it out, and I couldn't believe what went in my mouth because it had so much citric acid in there. It was like poison. It had had so much preservative in it. I couldn't believe what entered my mouth. I've tried so many different things out there, and I, I would squirt this zinc from a reputable company just right in my mouth and and it would burn a hole in my mouth and throat and mouth because it had it had an ounce of citric acid just in there oh my god and so for that reason i i I put a note in there saying go to my directory i don't sell the supplements on my directory i'm not in the supplement you know business or anything like that i don't sell the supplements but go to my directory so you don't go to the store and buy the zinc that has all that citric acid in it or something like that and it's like that with 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 all supplements meaning you just got to be cautious with whatever so i put i put a note saying if you want the ones that i trust that will mean that make that list or whatever then go to the directory at, at medical medium i did that to protect you um and so, uh, so when it comes down to supplements, you know, work with your practitioners. You might have a practitioner that's really, really liberal with supplements, really liberal, and they're just and they're just like, no, okay, listen, I want you on this, I want you on that, I want you on this, or this, or this, 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 or this is great. And then you and you might have practitioners that already have you on a few of those supplements, so they're like, okay, no, this is great. You can do this, you can do this. So you just, you know, you 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 take it one step at a time. Um. But just know that you're moving yourself to healing. And if you're afraid of supplements in general and you don't like them or don't have any money, you may not have any money at all. I run into people, they, don't, they, they can only get the book, if even, and they can't afford a supplement. So then you just work with your foods. Try to pick a few, identify a few foods from the book and maybe try to do one of the recipes Every little bit counts, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this is, and this is important in this webinar, knowing the information that's even in that book helps you heal. It helps you heal. Read the great mistakes chapters, the great mistake chapters, read those because they help you heal the autoimmune mistake. The metabolism mistake, the gene mistake, and it goes on and on and on the mystery illness mistake. Just read those because they help heal knowing what's going on, knowing what your thyroid does, knowing what happens when your thyroid's not working, all that helps you heal. Having this knowledge helps you heal. That's a big part of it. That's a really great big part of it. A huge part of it. There's people already that have healed from book one medical medium, their thyroid issues. 
And that's just from one chapter in Medical Medium. One chapter on thyroid in the book Medical Medium. That's all I did was one chapter. This is a whole book on thyroid, but there's just one chapter and they healed their thyroids. And, and, and I'm not just talking about one or two people. I'm talking about hundreds of people and hundreds of people have healed their thyroids from just that one chapter and knowing information that counted. And so that's what's happening here. And you got a whole, whole book to read through. So if you, if you need to be slow on supplements, if you need to be kind of, you know, slow on the subs or slow on, you need to be slow on the uh, foods, then take your time. Then take your time then. Just knowing the information is going to help. You take one day at a time, but you'll get to the foods and you'll get to some of the supplements. You'll get to some of those supplements that are really helpful. There's a whole thing on iodine in there, how iodine works, sea vegetables and so forth, because there's a complete misconception out there about iodine. Iodine is a disinfected. The reason why some people with Hashimoto's have a reaction if they put a whole bunch of iodine in them because they actually... And this, and this reaction is considered negative, and you don't want a huge reaction, but it's considered negative to practitioners and doctors. So they say, oh, stay away from iodine. It could flare up Hashimoto's. What iodine does is it goes after the virus, meaning it actually is a disinfectant. It kills all bugs, all pathogens. You put a pathogen in a Petri dish, and you stick iodine in there, and guess what? The pathogen dies. You put iodine in your throat and you got Hashimoto's and it's saturated with Epstein-Barr. That, Hash, that, that, that thyroid with Hashimoto's is saturated with, with Epstein-Barr and you put, you put iodine in there and you're going to get – it's like shocking the thyroid because it's killing off so many bugs. You don't want to do it that way. But you can't be afraid of a little iodine in a half a teaspoon of spirulina or a little touch of iodine in some dolls or a little bit of kelp. Because you don't want to be iodine deficient with Epstein-Barr. You don't want to be iodine deficient with any kind of thyroid disease or thyroid illness or thyroid problems. So that's something to be consider. You know, read that whole area. Read that whole that whole area carefully. So um, that's a whole other kind of thing. And now you may wonder, there's an insomnia, there's a sleep section a sleep section in thyroid healing. I'm going to take another sip of tea. Bear with me. <clears throat> you may wonder why that's in there. Like, is it odd? Is it out of sorts? It, actually, the opposite. Insomnia and sleeping problems is blamed on thyroid more now than it ever has been in history. Maybe you've already experienced that. Because you're sleeping problems and then wait a minute, your thyroid's off is Hashimoto's. That's why you're not sleeping. I heard it every day. I heard it every single day out there over and over and over again. Well, I've had sleeping problems. My doctor thinks it's, uh, it's the thyroid. It, it became the easy out symptom. Any kind of sleep problems, it's your thyroid. So I had to dedicate a section with multiple chapters in the sleep in the sleep world in the sleep department in the thyroid book i had no choice because yes it's a symptom but it's 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 now there's so many people and you may be experiencing that are having sleep problems in general having sleep problems for anything for to, to having sleep problems one way or another whether it's restless legs or just having sleep problems or they're having whatever it is and it's being all thrown in the in the thyroid basket if it's not diagnosed with Lyme, which is a whole other thing, whole other story. 
on down the road, I'll have to put a whole book out on Lyme to set the record straight. I'm definitely going to have to do that. I did a chapter in book one medical meeting, but I have to do a whole, a whole book on it. And I know that I'm, I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it. Cause when it gets controversial, when anything gets too controversial, you just get nothing but stones thrown at you. You get pitchforks and knives and tor- you know, torches, you get, you know, all that starts happening. Cause when you put real truth out there, you know what happens, which by the way, is there any way any, anybody there, if you like thyroid healing, can you put a review on Amazon for spirit and I spirit would love it. Um, I like it because the spirit likes it because it can help people. It can truly help them because they'll know there's, there's some good information in this document. There's some good information that's healing for people. So if you can, I know you're busy and you got busy lives and it's a pain in the butt, but if you can just put any kind of review you feel, um, uh, on Amazon, uh, for thyroid healing, we would be so grateful, grateful, grateful because there's going to be an onslaught of also torches and pitchforks. Because of, because of how controversial this is, because when you, when you show the truth and you show the body's not attacking itself and you, and you try to get the truth out there, there's also this, this small army of people that just hate that. And they end up just, you know, throwing stones and rocks. So if you can do that, that would be so appreciated. I can't even tell you. And I hate asking anything of you. I swear to God, I hate it because, you know. I know you're busy and I know you got so much going on in your life and just know that I care. And I totally understand that. Um, but when you have the truth in your hand, it's going to help you in every way possible In every way possible, it's going to help. So the sleep department needed more. It just, it just needed more. I mean, I, sure. There could be chapters on every single symptom that's in there that spirit can provide additional information, but in the sleep realm, it's being packaged into thyroid and it's not a thyroid problem. Sleeping is not a thyroid problem, but sleeping can be anything from stress, cortisol, adrenals, viral issues like Epstein-Barr, the liver being unhappy, the liver being sluggish, the liver being completely burdened, um, sensitive nervous systems, neurotransmitter issues, all these different things is our sleeping problems from different varieties of stress, from different varieties of worry, from subconscious worry, from subconscious stress, from all kinds of things could be your sleeping problem. So I had to put a good section in there because it can't get all picked off. It's just thyroid. So it had the record had to be set with sleeping. So I hope you enjoyed that. There's a chapter in there, a very small one of why bad dreams are pretty good for you. You might get a kick out of it. I know it's tick, you know, it's, it's, I know it's taking, it's going a little bit on the spiritual side of things. And, um, but it's, it's powerful because what happens is we heal through our bad dreams. It doesn't mean when you have good dreams and only good dreams that you're never healing or you're a bad person. That's not it at all. I just said every now and then, if you ever get a bad dream, one every 10 years, one every 30 years, one every 20 years is a reason for it. That's your body healing. If you get a bad dream every night, there's a reason for it. I get a bad dream. I get bad dreams. I do some healing. I do some healing. I get some bad dreams here and there. I've seen so much in my life and I've been through so much in my life and with this gift and everything else that, yeah, I have some bad dreams. But that's how you let things loose and let things out and you heal. 
in different ways, different parts of healing. You don't have to have bad dreams to heal in all kinds of different ways. You don't have to have bad dreams to heal your thyroid. But just letting you know, since we were talking about sleep so much in those chapters, that I thought I would throw that little tidbit that Spirit has taught me so much about. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. When we get diagnosed with something, it, it can hit us really hard. You know, I, when, especially when, when we're younger too, when we're younger. I mean, I've seen so many people in their early 20s and late 20s get diagnosed with, with a thyroid condition and they feel like their life is over. And, and even their spouses or their fiancés or their boyfriends or their husbands, they just can't, they can't hack it. I've seen this happen so many times. I've seen so many breakups, so many breakups because it was just scary for the boyfriend or the husband or the, or the uh, fiancé. It was just so scary that their 25-year-old partner you know, has this thyroid problem. So what next? And then when you look into thyroid problem and you look into Hashimoto's of the body destroying and it's attacking itself, it can make a, a person run away from a partner. And this is one of the most disturbing reasons I feel is part of the misinformation trap that's out there. I've seen couples completely alter their destiny and completely split up when they were very happy together because of information that floats around on the internet and other books. Like, for instance, like Hashimoto's being the body destroying itself, which is wrong. It's about the body attacking itself and causing all this harm and how where things can go if it's not under control and all these things. And I've seen people run from each other. And young women just lose partners and have to, and, and just, and, and wallow in, in agony over the, their diagnosis. And it's heartbreaking. And I, I mean, I've seen this with women in their 30s, men and women in their 30s happening. And, um, and I've even seen it with women in their 40s. Uh, the divorce suddenly happens during the Hashimoto's diagnosis. I've seen this. And so this is from misinformation out there. That's what this is. Putting fear into women and into, and into uh, the system in general that creates these imbalances. What I'm saying is if you've been diagnosed young or you're, di- you're young now and you're diagnosed with, with Hashimoto's, just don't fear it. Don't get scared. Don't think your life is over. Don't think you're dependent on hormones for the rest of your life. Don't think that you're going to have problems for the rest of your life. Don't think any of that. You've had a little bug in you, a little viral issue that you've had that, frankly, most people have in their system doing something one way or another that we all live with that you can clean up and break down and help and restore and get your life back mentally, emotionally, and physically. And you can take control. So if your mom's and you have a daughter, this is something you can tell a daughter that's going through the same thing. It's not because mom had it, now the daughter has it, and it's genetic. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. And then your child's going to have it because it's genetic. No, that's not how it works. That's another big round of misinformation that's out there. It's one more thing I just wanted to tell everybody here about before um, the webinar ends. And I just, I just wanted everybody to know this. 
And it's difficult when you're young because you're starting your career. You're trying to look for a career. You're trying to figure out school. You're trying to figure out what you're doing. Maybe your job. Maybe you love your job. Maybe you're doing things and you get given this diagnosis and you got these symptoms. You don't understand them. You fight. You fight for it. You heal up. You you take what you deserve, meaning good health and freedom, and you grab that freedom. You deserve it, and you take that, and you hold it in your hand, and you keep that as armor, and you fight for it. And you do what you need to do. And I say that for anybody in any age, it's just that the younger people I notice, they suffer more mentally and emotionally when they're not feeling well. And, and, and it's just, it's unbelievable with, with, with younger, younger people have to go through. And of course I feel that way with everybody, no matter what age, if you're my age or you're older or whatever your age is, I feel that for everybody. But I notice that the world has changed. There's a chapter in there about creating your illness how we don't create our illness. I'm noticing that the young people are falling trap and prey to a consciousness that's developing, a trendy trap of how if you're sick with Hashimoto's and you're 25, that means you must have wished it on yourself. That means it's bad karma. That means you created it. And that's why that chapter's in there to clarify that. So make sure if mommy, if you got a daughter and your daughter's thinking that because she's getting diagnosed with hypothyroid, make sure she reads that chapter. Because there's so much misinformation out there, once again, about that alone. It's poisonous, destructive, and it just does so much damage to our children. And even even us does damage to us, too. So we need to know. We need to know that. We need to know that. And if you're one of those that thinks it's all in your head for some reason, no, it's not all in your head. Okay? Your symptoms are real and we're addressing them. You better believe it. We're addressing them. The thyroid healing, that's going to help you address them. The book's going to help you address them. You take one day at a time and you keep a light heart. One thing about Epstein-Barr is it becomes useless, meaning it, it breaks down. It's weak. And once you know the power that you have, it breaks down even more. Your immune system goes after it even more and does what it needs to do. Once you know what's going on in your system and you know what's creating your Hashimoto's, you have more power to heal it than ever before in history, in any before in your life's history, any, any, any ever before in your own life's history. You have more power to break it down, clean things up, move forward, and heal. Have patience. Some Epstein bars, they've been around a long time in your system. You might have had a lot of triggers, so it could take longer because of your triggers. And that's okay. You still can heal and still will get better over time. And sometimes there's healing going on. Well, all the time there's healing going on, but sometimes the delayed effect of saying getting rid of all the symptoms and maybe you get rid of six symptoms out of 10. Some of the symptoms that lag a little later are from maybe damaged nerves that need to heal. They need longer times to heal. So nerves need longer time to heal or other aspects of the body. Liver needs a longer time to heal. Just have patience. Your body's working on it and healing and you're working on healing every single day. Every single day you're doing this and all the knowledge is packed inside this, this book, all the knowledge and all the truth in there, you hold on to it, okay? And you work on healing and you move forward and you move forward because your body is healing. Your body is working hard. It loves you unconditionally. And you can read that in the, uh, in the autoimmune great mistake. Your body loves you unconditionally. It's not designed to destroy you. It's not designed to attack you. That's not what it does. It works on your side. It works in your favor. It's not against you. I promise you that. And you need to know that that's a big part of the truth about how things work. 
That's a big part of the truth about how things work. Thank you for having patience to, to, to get through this webinar with me. Seriously. Thank you for having the patience. I love you for it. And I'm honored you're with me here. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I could kind of cover. I mean, I know you have the book now, but, but if there's anything else, I'm giving it even tidbits that, that, you know, that are, are wherever I can get them from, um, from my experience and from spirit and everything, giving you tidbits now of anything that can be helpful. Cause I want you to, to get as much help as you can and help as you need. I covered the supplements a little bit. I covered the um, foods a little bit. Now, what I did in this book is I put a, a couple of things about what the food does and what it's doing for you when it comes down to dealing with any kind of thyroid condition and underlying viral problem that's actually causing a thyroid condition. I'm, I'm, or in causing other symptoms and all kinds of other condi- all kinds of symptoms. I, I put you know a little bit of information with each food. Make sure you you look into that. Make sure you read that. Just don't get the food and don't read that because it's important to kind of know that the, the, that food is doing something for you. That's another thing that reboots and restores the immune system and helps clean the mess up that's inside. It's just that there's information in food, and if you know what that information is, something happens with the immune system as it uses the food. So, <clears throat> so when that food goes in you. It's going in you with an intention. Your thoughts, your consciousness connects to that, that, that intention of what the food does for you anyway. Your immune system binds on, grabs on to that intention of what the food's doing for you. And literally the food even works better for you and even better. So that's why I put those notes there about every food. That's why I did that. Um, just... You know, take it one day at a time. <laughs> take it one day at a time. If you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, it's okay. Take a little break. Take one day at a time, whatever you need to do. And um, just have a little patience like you've always had. And if you've been sick for a day in your life or know someone who has, you already know that you've, you've, you have patience within you or someone also that, that's been sick for a day in their life. They don't, you know they have patience within them. And have some compassion for yourself. Have some compassion for yourself. Your body's not destroying itself. You can heal your Hashimoto's. You can do more than just heal it. You can just do more than just get the numbers straight. You can do more than just get your symptoms better. You can really get past this whole thing and keep it concrete and hold it strong and then go back to this book and get information to keep you stronger and stronger along the way. So you don't get relapses 10 years down the road and everything else because the information out there is flawed. So this can really move you forward and get you to where you need to be and take one day at a time. Keep a light heart, pat yourself on the back every day. Just know that I stand behind you. I'm with you and I love you dearly. Pat yourself on the back. Have compassion for yourself because you know what compassion does? It rebuilds your immune system. Compassion rebuilds your immune system. You got um, a sick child and you're compassionate towards that child to rebuild your child's immune system. If you got a friend who's sick, you're compassionate towards that friend. You're rebuilding that friend's immune system. Maybe they'll do that for you too. Maybe they won't. That's okay. Still be compassionate. And you be compassionate to yourself to build your immune system. 
Do some prayers when you can in any way that you like or affirmations, affirmations about your body healing. You know, your body can heal. You know, it will. And you know, you have the power to do it. And you know, you have things in your hands to make that happen now, no matter what. Keep strong in every way, every shape and every possibility of staying strong. And if you feel kicked down and a little bit beat up, you know, I dedicated this book to you. I dedicated this book to you. And that's the dedication in this book. Okay? And I did that. And I did that for a great reason. For a great reason. Because if you've been kicked down, you've been tossed aside, if you had trouble healing, or maybe you already healed, maybe you didn't heal yet, whatever it is, okay, I'm with you and I stand behind you 100%. And so this book is dedicated to you. And it's dedicated to you healing. Please know that. In my heart of hearts, I stand behind you. I love you. Thank you for being here at this webinar. And um, just, you know, we're always going to be putting out information. And I'm always going to be doing things to make sure that you heal no matter what. Let's stay in touch, all of us, in every way possible. I'll see you on Instagram. Do some Instagram stories. Instagram anything. Go on there and check them out, meaning check the stories out. And if you got one... Feel free to put one in. You know, if you don't want to put one in, don't worry. But everybody's putting them in these days and just, you know, just get inspired. It inspires me every day when I see that. And, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'll let you go. I love you guys. I hate letting you go. I'm teary eyed and getting kind of emotional. My voice is going to start cracking. I love you. And one day at a time, take care. Bye-bye.